Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 61, and today we are going behind the story. I'm your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy. I'm a content creator and also co-host. And our guest for today is a concept artist and illustrator, Celine Chu. Celine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for getting me on the show. No, thanks for uh, coming here. Always happy to speak to like uh, fellow creative professionals. So, and you do a lot. Uh, I've seen from your website. So, I'm interested in uh, a lot of what you do. So, this will be an interesting discussion. Yeah, let's go. Let's get right into it. <laughs> um, so, to let people know, you can subscribe to Story X Story uh, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, as always, you can send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com in our Discord or just throw them at us on social media. We are at Mayamada on Twitter, at Mayamada Tees on Instagram, and at Tazzy on both. As usual, let's get started with what's happening in the Mayamada universe. We have our regular Studio 77 activities happening. If you are a member, you can catch our interview with Square Enix product man- manager, Carla Reyes. Uh, you can also find our VOD of our mental health in video games uh, panel, which we did as part of the Games Careers Week. So we had people from Gaming the Mind, Safe in Our World, and Splash Damage discussing uh, mental health uh, in video games for those who are interested in in the topic in general, but also as part of the careers week, uh, young people who are looking to get careers in the games industry, just to give them some things to think about. So um, that should still be up by the time you're listening to this, uh, but members can get access to uh, the video uh, to infinity. So the other thing we've got is Gamepad Online. So we're very close to the spring Gamepad event. We will be back with our Friendly Fire tournament where we will have Overcooked, courtesy of Team 17, and we'll also be bringing back Brawlhalla and Rocket League and uh, a bunch of teams, throw them into the mix, see who can emerge victorious in a friendly way, of course, but still there will be only one winner. Um, As well as the Friendly Fire competition, we have industry interviews, so I'll be talking with Stefano Petrullo, who is the founder of Renaissance PR, about PR in video games, and Alice Winter of Playground Games, who is a video game designer. So we'll be getting into those topics. And the first for Gamepad Online, at least. We've done panels before, but this will be the first as part of our uh, our headline um, event. We'll be discussing an important topic in video games. Basically, are they getting too big? Are they getting too big to fail? So this is off the back of our, well, not our, <laughs> the release of Cyberpunk 2077. I had no responsibility in that, just to get that clear. Um, so off the back of that release, just discussing uh, whether video games are becoming too big. What's the expectation between uh, for sizes of video games, the balance between quality and quantity? So I'll be having that discussion with Imogen Mela, Kwang Nagoyan, and um, Annie Guvado, who is a game designer herself. So she'll be able to uh, add a bit of perspective to that. So tickets are free to the event and ticket holders will get entered into a raffle for a printed canvas of Maya Mada artwork 
and everyone in our Discord will get the high-res version, so we'll be sending that out on event day. Uh, so by the time you listen to this, we should have decided what the artwork is. He says, uh, remembering this is recorded, but at some point around the time uh, this episode comes out, uh, you'll be able to see that. And yeah, join us for the event, um, gamepad.events to see more. So with that in mind, let's get to know our guest for today. And today, uh, I mentioned we're talking to uh, Celine, who is a freelance concept artist and illustrator based in London. He's worked with a range of clients across a range of industries from uh, Disney, from the Singapore Ministry of Culture, Space 8 Games, and Hewlett Packard, just to name a few. So, Celine, I've seen that you've worked in a number of fields. Where did you, what did you start with? What did you, well, yeah, where did you start? Yeah, so um, I think when I was about 16 or 17, you guys are like, oh, okay, oh, I'm going to sit down. Once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep it like brief just so, um, yeah, it just makes it just makes more sense, I think. Yeah, so I was about 16, 17. I really loved anime and manga. I was like a massive weeb. Like, I just loved it <laughs> so much. And I re- so I started drawing like an anime style and I thought well, it was pretty cool and I, and I was not too bad and I took art and design at school and then I kind of started I've always I've always played video games anyway um I really love you know like point and click games like Monkey Island that's like I played that when okay. I was 12 o'clock uh, 12, 12 years old <laughs> <laughs> and I thought oh it looks really nice like I, I, I can't believe it's like their pictures but they're they're moving and then it's a game and I think like watching Disney animation and all that stuff like I, I really I thought that was kind of amazing and then having that being interactive like that kind of blew my mind so then I thought oh yeah I'd love to work in video games but I didn't really know how to how to do it so I applied to do illustration at university at university um university of Westminster um so I, okay. I, I got in and I did that for like three years it was kind of like a, a bit of a waste because I didn't learn anything really um yeah I just think I think it's changed now um the whole landscape of you know what what job do you want to do and you can because you can go into like game design now right and you can learn that at university and they, and they pretty much they, I think they do do a good job of like actually teaching you getting people who are already industry in like lecturers to come in and kind of the the way to get there the route is like a lot easier now than it was like 10 years ago basically so I did that and then when I because when I finished university I didn't have a I didn't have an idea of like how to to get to kind of get there um to get to what I want to do so I kind of like I mean there were some stuff online that you could see like there were some artists who were working in the street who kind of like gave tips and interviews and like YouTube stuff and I basically just applied to like loads of game studios um to like do internship because I felt like that kind of made the most sense right so I yeah like get your foot in the door yeah yeah basically get your foot in the door and I thought okay well I'll just I'll just try that like I'll just do anything basically so I applied to a studio called Mediatonic and they do four guys I'm, I'm sure like maybe you're familiar. oh yeah 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 and so I managed to get internship there and from there I worked at I applied to this was my first big girl job 
um, working at Mind Candy. Um, they do Moshi Monsters. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did, like, I feel like really old saying all this. <laughs> not... They ring a bell. Oh, <laughs> well, my God. I've just looked both it up. Then, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're really big. So, like, if, they've, if you've got they're any massive. American listeners, they might, I don't know if they're, because it's more of like a British thing. And yeah. I think, like, like, half our listeners are from the US now. So Is it? Okay. Yeah. So, they're basically, like, Pokemon, but, like, British, I guess. <laughs> and like yeah so so it's all like online based and like kids will go on and like do puzzles and math learning and they have these like cute characters and it was I guess it's almost like they were point and click adventure games pretty much it was like an amazing team on there and we were doing like loads of cool stuff so from that I it was kind of like those redundancies um, because everything you know doesn't last basically like they we rode the highs and there was low lows but yeah so after that I was yeah I was made redundant so I thought okay well I'll I'll go freelance for like a little bit and I did some did some stuff there I worked on hate hate boyfriend do you know that game Uh, that one I don't know it's like a pigeon dating sim I've played it I was like you're not talking about the bird yeah I've played it they did a re- they did a I think a remake of the original and I did some of the backgrounds for that with media with media tonic um, when I was freelancing that was that was kind of cool and I also did some stuff for so this is right so this is the thing like when you're in your this is what I'm talking about getting a foot in door because you you meet people on the way and it's the networking yeah exactly that's why I'm I'm like you know if you want to try doing these things you should network and meet people because through that I was able also to I there was a girl I met when I was working Mediatonic and she ended up working at a Disney EMEA and she was like well I work in the digital content media department and we need like someone to do some game assets for things like Big Hero 6 or something like a Disney like flash game or flash mm. or some, something that online and I was like yeah yeah I can do it so I, it was cool because I got to work I can say on my CV that I work for Disney and it is, and it was through because I had a contact and we, we really got on and yeah, don't be like, don't be an basically like, you know, I mean, if you are nice to people, if you're just normally nice, like people, people want to work with you. So yeah, I did that. And then, and then I, I saw a post or a toy designer at Tomi and I thought, well, I don't really have the experience, but I'll, I'll just, I'll just apply anyway. And I managed to or get a job there basically as a toy designer which kind of made me think oh this is like a a bit of like a a one well not 180 maybe like a 90 degrees angle because I never considered (laughs) like toy design as like a career option but that's why you just got to try things out right you just like keep going and you know try as many go for many opportunities because you never know like what what you could end up doing um so I did that for like nine months and I want and I honestly when I think back to like all my jobs I feel like toy design was probably my most favorite thing that I I ever did um I like I genuinely really really enjoyed the job itself and unfortunately like again most things don't last um they (laughs) they moved offices like really really far away like it will take me you know two hours to get there so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Um, so, I, so I left. And then I went on to do, I did a bit of like, I worked in like gambling. I know it's terrible. But I was like. <laughs> At the dark side. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah I was kind of like I was a little bit desperate because obviously like I, I didn't want to I didn't want to like have a job not have a job which you know in hindsight was silly because I should have just taken those six months off and just like re- reconsidered what I wanted to do but it was good because those six months at that gambling job I realized this is definitely not what I want to do like I don't want to do this it's not worth the amount of pay but sometimes you need to like yeah do the wrong thing to know that's the wrong thing exactly yeah a tip underline the tip pro yeah. tip do like a flashy <laughs> thing where in the in the yeah, audio well, we go boop, 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 boop. we need that sound effect <laughs> <laughs> and then so after that I then worked in so actually one of my one of my other favorite jobs that I've done is as a, a games artist at a mobile game studio called Super Solid they're based in London and yeah I've, I really enjoyed it I've never actually even though I am a games artist I never actually worked on I would say proper inverted covers like <laughs> g- g- games if that, if that makes sense um but this one it was really cool so we got to work on like their mobile video games and they're, they're like really cute um games and I got to do like a bit of 3D stuff not actual 3D but like texture for low poly which I never actually done which is like another cool skill to add and that was really nice. And then after that, I had an opportunity to go freelance. And then I did. And that's what I've been doing for the last three years. That's a journey. That is, uh, that's interesting to, you know what? So like, there's a few things in what you said that kind of stuck out to me. But the the first, funnily enough, is you saying that you didn't learn anything at uni, which yeah. sounds like you spend all that time and you're like, and so, you know, sometimes we, we talk to people and it's like, did you go to school to do um, what you're doing now, to learn about what you're doing now? And you kind of did, but you didn't learn anything from that. So I, I guess that means you're self-taught if you didn't learn anything uh, at university. So do, do you feel, do you consider like most of your learning to have come after the university? Yeah, so when I said I didn't learn anything, I I've obviously did learn yeah, no, a few things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was being like silly. But I, I think I but learned. But when you said more... that, I knew I knew what you meant about like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't worth the money, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The amount that I paid for this service definitely didn't. Get, I didn't get that back. So yeah, I did. I think I did learn about theory, and because so there was a part of the university uh, course where you had to do a lot of like theory writing s- stuff. I'm clearly not very good at that <laughs> writing stuff, which I felt was actually quite good because it made you sort of like reflect, I guess, inwardly on what you're doing. And it wasn't just like about drawing, I think. It kind of like made it more academic in a way, if that yeah. if that made sense. And that, that was good. And also like, I guess at uni, um, I really, I feel like I, gosh, it sounds so silly, but you grow, you do grow as a person, right? Because you have to learn to, um, interact a in like I guess a semi-professional environment um, you have to learn to be around people that are just really obnoxious okay <laughs> they probably think the same about you. you know you just got to deal you're just put in situations different types of people yeah. different types yeah of yeah it's not like like high school it's not like sorry it's not like secondary school primary mm. school where it's like oh best friends forever and your teacher <laughs> and stuff like do you know what I mean and yeah so it I think it's it's good that I did go because I think I learned a lot about you know I I guess growing up it's and like I feel like I matured a lot later than I think some not like 
I guess most normal people. And and secondly, like this is gonna sound lame, but I, I did meet my husband at university, so I guess like I got something out of that. Well, you if he if he's listening to this, then maybe we wanna like maybe it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the amount that nine thousand pound I paid for that, yeah, I I guess, you know, uh, it was worth it. So if, if anything, yeah, I got a husband out of it. But don't go to uni for a husband. But yeah, that's and that is not a plan. That is not a pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pro tip luck though. thing, right? That's a you your university experience got disnified, I think, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I'm I'm going here to get education. I'm gonna get a job. I'm gonna learn stuff. I'm gonna bet my skills. No, I'm gonna get a husband. Forget everything else. Yeah. So all right then. So you got something uh out of uni. So then as you kind of uh moved from job to job, I guess you kind of got an opportunity to develop different types of skills. So now that you have left uni, how do you how do you go about like developing skills especially when you work in different fields like what do you do to develop those skills yeah so right like the skills that I sort of go on about I guess developing in like a personal level it's mainly like I guess drawing skills that's the stuff that I know and I'm quite bad at um just to keep on top of you know basic things that you so this is the thing when you apply for a job you need to like see okay, so what do I need to really know at a very fundamental level, at least at, so things like, um, you know, being able to, you know, anatomy for so you need to be able to draw characters, turnarounds, backgrounds, color, light, you know, storyboarding, layout, you know, all that stuff. I, you, you, kind, of, you kind of do need to know at a, a, very, a very basic fundamental level. And, you know, you can learn that online. Like you don't need to go to a school for, for, for you to, for, to be taught that um I would say oh sorry go actually going back to the old question you said I did learn I would say yeah I did learn all most of my I guess drawing skills now after uni or outside or outside uni I don't feel like my uni actually I hope they don't sue me well you know what? I paid for a service and they didn't <laughs> yeah, provide it so yeah, I, I can, can, yeah yeah you can put that uh Yelp review on online. Yeah, yeah exactly um I, I mean it might have changed now and so I don't want to you know like kind of bash them but you know I, I don't think I learned the necessary foundational skills that I needed to learn but I think it's because that course was more like it was it was illustration focused so it wasn't like game art focused where you need to learn more of those fundamentals it, it was more like if you wanted to do like book publishing or like I guess comics um, like illustrating for like publication basically and not that you don't need to know those skills it's more like in game and when you work in video games you, you just really need to know those things. like it's not it's not going to function the game won't function if you don't have those basic fundamental skills in order to like communicate what not just what you're trying to say but i guess the whole the art direction isn't it like the story as well exactly so and then with other skills like i guess things so i've picked up lots of weird skills that i never thought i would want to use and i ended up having so i mean just things like learning illustrator right i was really against learning do you know illustrator like adobe illustrator like vector art yeah yeah, yeah. Not very but you well. know what, you know I, what it I is i've tried to yeah. avoid I'm it very yeah. bad yeah. at it <laughs> yeah i i was like i don't want to touch that i'm not a graphic designer and i had to learn that when i was at mind candy because everything was vector based and 
my so the guy that um who hired me the art director he I I kind of said well I kind of know how to use it um but I'm very willing to kind of like you know just just um learn learn it and in reality I, I didn't actually know how to use it I like I think I've opened it and like made a circle <laughs> and copied and pasted it onto the Photoshop so when I did the art test I had to like go on YouTube and and this is the beauty of things now like you can go on like Twitch YouTube and just type in you know how to do vector how to use this program and someone's yeah. there to like and it's free like the whole process I did um InDesign on a YouTube course like it was a two-hour thing went through the all InDesign and now I'm basic knowledge of it yeah this is this is what is so amazing now you can get an education you don't need to really pay that much money for it so that's that's what I'm saying it's like nothing nothing is really stopping you and you know what so you, sometimes you just there's courses there where you can learn something really amazing and it's just like what like 15 pounds pay a coffee that's yeah. 15 pounds you know what I mean yeah, no. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous like it's ridiculous like there's so many good things that you can learn it's just so overwhelming I, it can be yeah it can be and but it's an important point um to to hear from you because i before we started recording i mentioned um, that i work with young people and it range, ranges in age but um when i'm with um like uh, young people going for GCSEs or college age. Like I just, I did a talk like last week, virtual talk um, with uh, a bunch of college age students. And they're in that stage where there's still the the message that they're getting is, is school, university, job, all done kind of thing. And mm. some of them are, are not sure about it. And it's like, they're, they're not sure what to do. And they feel like if they don't do that thing that's expected, then it's, it's over and mm. it's always like telling them that it's it's not it's not over so um yeah i think it's important to hear that you well you did but you kind of also found uh, other routes to learn so that's an important thing to kind of keep in mind yeah i mean i get what you mean there's this sort of like if i don't do this if i don't do this there will be a doom and gloom thing yes. like um, my life is completely over if I don't yeah, do this like I've which seen isn't, it. Like, yeah. it's not true yeah it's not true it's like as long as you're doing something it doesn't have to be exactly what you were planning to do yeah it, like as long as you're doing something it's fine like you know go volunteer go try something else go help your mum and dad out at the restaurant or something yeah. do you know what I mean like I don't there's this idea that you always have to be hustling you always have to be doing and I think that's even like that mentality exists like even at this stage of like you know later on where you have where you have like um done things in your career and you have achieved and accomplished things there's always this oh I gotta hustle I gotta gotta do something otherwise if I take a pause yeah and then this is the this is the problem as well I I personally think like it's good to have goals it's good to um reach your fullest potential is always it's good to hustle but if you keep having the mentality of like I need to do more you're never going to be satisfied satisfied with what you have and you you just won't get those good feelings you, you'll never be grateful for like what you already have and what you have achieved if you just keep trying to reach for more and I see that in like a lot of peers co-workers friends where they're just always hustling and you know when is when is enough enough yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I will get back to you on the answer. <laughs> but, I'm, just trying, I'm just like trying to sell this thing on eBay right yeah. now. I'm trying to yeah, I know. Let me, <laughs> let me close this listing. Like, let me get back. Um, so, so a brilliant question for a podcast is how would you describe your visual style? 
I think at the moment, sorry, I'm just going to expand on that question a little bit. I So one, the reason why I decided also to go freelance was because prior to prior to that, I never actually did any like personal artwork, like all the stuff you see now on my like my Instagram, my portfolio, that was most most of it was done in the last three years. And that's because I made the mistake of just like, you know what, I, I'm just going to get a job, like, I'm just going to do work to get a job. And I, and I think I, this thing, I hustled so hard to try and get a job that I never really did any work outside of my job, because I was like, you know what, I'm getting paid. I'm too tired to like, keep learning. I'm, t- I'm too tired to like, build up my skills. Like, I don't care, whatever, I've got a job. That's, that's validation already. But then like, what's, why did I, why did I study or why did I spend all that time struggling to get to that point just to like get a job, right? Like the whole idea of like following your passion was just thrown out the window. So these honestly last three years has been me trying to like reclaim that back. And obviously like, you know, I have, I have more time than I do than a normal person working, you know, at a full-time job to kind of like experiment and find my voice, I guess. And um, yeah, so going back to your question of what was it? Was it what's your style? Was that? Was that yeah. So like, how yeah. would you how would you describe, it? especially now you've because you've had more time to find, like you say, the, your your voice in in terms of like an artistic sense. Yeah. So I I really like um, something's very colourful. So I like playing around with colour and using mood to I guess suggest a certain mood. Uh, that was really bad way of explaining it um and I like I guess I like simplifying things as well um so if you see in my work I, I tend to like break things down into like shapes like quite basic shapes um and I love texture so I add I add texture into my into my stuff um I really I'm really inspired by I guess um you know visual development for films like Pixar and Disney and DreamWorks and Netflix and all and all that all the all those kind of things yeah just images that kind of instill a mood and have that have a bit of like maybe humor in them or something that tells a story I, I like kind of that those things I know it's like so like a playfulness in in the artwork I guess that goes to like the colorfulness of your work yeah yeah and I like um a lot of my themes in my work is to do is around food because also notice that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know how to like describe that in like a visual aspect but yeah I, I really like see this is the thing as well like when I um yeah when I first started freelancing and having time to spend on my work I never I was never like I never like sat down and, and have so some artists have this thing where they just draw not the same thing but they have a theme that kind of runs through them that they love to draw like it might maybe some a lot of them I you know they could be like oh I love drawing faces or I love drawing like characters I love drawing animals or I love drawing backgrounds right like I don't really sit down and go oh yeah I'm gonna draw a background I'm gonna draw a character like I might do that for work and maybe do a little bit but I never really like sat down and enjoyed doing that and I, and this is the like I had a bit of an existential crisis I was like you know, I'm an artist and I don't know what I enjoy. And that's really messed up. <laughs> that really was. And for ages, I was like, okay, um, I'm just going to try and take some time out of drawing and like in, try and enjoy, like have, get some hobbies basically. And mo- one of those hobbies was, well, this is something I kind of enjoy anyway, but I never thought to put in my work. And I'm, I'm really not sure why, but I really enjoy cooking. Um, I really enjoy food. I really enjoy going out to eat 
and preparing food and recent very very recently in the last couple of years like I guess promoting like Asian food, food from my culture, food from the food from the cultures of you know people that I'm close with, and kind of I guess promoting that. And yeah, I, I don't know, like I never thought to put that in my work, and I just kind of did it one day, and I got you know good feedback from it, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll do do more of that. And yeah, so food, and then cute animals. I like doing cute animals because. Okay, so this is another issue that I had drawing. And it's a really weird thing to talk about. But when I was when I started drawing like characters and people, I I would automatically draw, you know, white women. And especially with this whole thing about race recently and how you depict beauty and what's your default race that you draw I was like why am I drawing like white women like I should be drawing like you know Asian women because I'm an Asian woman like that kind of does make sense so I started drawing an Asian woman and it just kind of looked I just I felt like I don't know and I, I started drawing other other race like you know other race other people other races and I just felt like am I just drawing it for the for the sake of you know because I want to be ethnically diverse oh okay so, oh that's yeah that's an interesting consideration yeah yeah, really weird conflict. And I like to think that I'm very aware of these issues, um, especially now and especially what's been going on. So that's when I thought in my work, you know what, I don't really want to think about, and, and you know, in the nicest sense, I, I don't really want to think about what is this, what is this person representing? I just know that I want people to look at my work and anyone can kind of relate to it. And that's why I draw animals, because anyone can look at an animal and just relate to it and not you know put on yeah not associate a race with an animal right but you can you can associate you know attributes and you know with their species or their breed or whatever but yeah that's that's pretty much why i draw cute animals that's and, it because you know like uh so the mayamada universe our characters are all anthropomorphic yeah and, yeah um, i saw that yeah and it wasn't even it yeah it wasn't necessarily but why was why did we do that yeah it wasn't necessarily because of that but i've as we've done more and as, as I speak to more people, it kind of, what you've just said basically comes out is that, and it, it, it's different for, for different people, different situations, but that you don't want to have to always think about that all the time when you do, when yeah. you just want to enjoy the work that yeah. you're doing. And it, it kind of, it takes a lot of those questions out. And it also in a way makes it more relatable because mm. in a weird way, like as I design animal characters, you can almost make them more human if that makes sense because it's like now we're just focused on the character and this character's story and the attributes are human attributes because you know people are people like um so yeah i I definitely i definitely understand then and i yeah i think that's an interesting thing that you yeah that you bring up in terms of like how we view characters especially because like were you born in in the uk yeah, I I definitely sound like I was born here, don't I? <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say because then you you understand how like how media works and how it influences our yeah. perception oh, of the yeah, world yeah, yeah, and definitely. what your what your default is, regardless of where your you know where your family may come come from. It's like we are. I was also born here, so my you know my default is sort of you know according to sort of British standards. And you, yeah, you have to sometimes you have to step out of that and you see that you know there's a whole world uh, outside of uh, of this particular country so yeah that's really interesting yeah have you um have you ever read or seen comics um it's called black sad yes 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's really good. Like that's uh <laughs> that's a whole like another level of like that's storytelling. An, yeah. and, oh man. Uh, definitely anyone listening who hasn't seen Black Sad, uh highly recommend uh that I need to see uh, read more. I've read it only a couple uh stories, but um but yeah, another example of like anthropomorphic uh storytelling, yeah. but very human. Very human. And you know what's mad? It's a sort of like now that I do draw more animals and I do kind of add like more humanistic attributes, I kind of realized, well, I've just become a furry artist. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was asked that a few times. <laughs> and I never thought I'd actually go down that path. <laughs> but here you are. But here we are, <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that's the reason why I do it. And I guess I'm now sort of like letting my work naturally develop and you know I'm I'm 30 plus right I would have thought I would have found my voice and my visual taste and like style you know way way earlier like there was such an obsession with trying to find your style but now like I'm still discovering things I'm gonna just let things develop if I become a super famous furry artist so be it so be it (laughs) that's where we need to go with it (laughs) so embrace it cool so I want to ask you about concept art yeah this is Partly a self-serving question because I, so in working with with young people, we do work experience in, in different areas. And one of the recent ones that we've offered is concept art. So we had uh, some young people work on our current, well, in-progress manga and just doing bits of concept art. And I, I realized as we were doing it that they don't know it well unless they listen to this, is that they were kind of guinea pigs in a way. Because as I was giving them instructions, I realized that I also don't have a clear enough understanding of the concept art process like i know some but enough to then instruct other people that are 17 and don't know anything um so can you like explain what is concept art and what's the what's the purpose of that concept art stage in in any field that it, it may be yeah, sure. So this is the thing. I think, you know, concept art has become very like rock star now, right? Because there's lots of really amazing, and, I, and I'm sorry I have to say this, but, you know, white male guys mostly <laughs> that do concept art, right? And it's usually like, you know, this amazing character, really detailed and got all these like belts and, you know, metal stuff coming out. And there's all this like really fancy background, like amazing, like fantasy sci-fi stuff. And that has become synonymous with concept art for some reason. Well, I say some reason, I, you know, I know why. It's it's because most AAA games need concept artists, right? And yeah. that's a lot of ga- AAA games are sci-fi fantasy based. So obviously these images are popular and these are the ones that are needed to be made. And I think people get confused because they'll see like a, like a fantasy illustration or sci-fi illustration and they'll call it concept art. When really at the most basic, basic level, concept art, it just means idea art. It's asking the artist to, so it's given, you're given a brief, right? And you'll, you'll say, so this character needs is, you know, whatever age it needs to be, it, need, it lives in this landscape, it needs to be blah, blah, blah. And then you, the, the artist will go and develop these ideas in, and they're not going to be polished. They're just going to be enough so that the art director or whoever they're going to pass it on to can see it and be like, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Let, let's go with that. It's an idea, right? It doesn't have to be... It's not final. Yeah, all the nice, finished, polished, you know, inverted commas, concept art, it's stuff that 
it's their illustrations or they're, 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 they're what people ask the artist to finish and polish up and then so they can use it as promotional image. It's not really concept. I mean, concept art can just be like sketches or drawings. It's just you developing an idea, really, or exploring more of the world that the brief has created, whoever's created the brief, and for the artist to go to explore that, really. Not this, like, rendered, painted up thing. <laughs> I feel like I haven't really explained it well. No, it's and it's interesting because you, you kind of touched on part of what I was trying to get across to these uh, students because I noticed, and maybe this kind of goes back to your schooling sort of education discussion, that, like, they were trying to get, I think I said to one of them, like, you're, you're trying to draw a picture, whereas what we're looking for is is to play with a concept. If that, so they were trying to do like final artwork. So yeah, uh, in the discussion, yeah. I was like, we have an illustrator. So once the story's written and we go to that stage, we have someone who would do the final professional artwork. What yeah. we're doing is like the idea isn't formal. Like I'm literally writing this as we go. And what we need is to play with ideas. And it's, it's that kind of difference. This idea, like we use the word concept to idea. It's idea art, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what I was learning as we were going there. Oh, it was actually, this is as as much as your drawings, even in a way, even less of your drawing skills, more of your imagination, given exactly. the brief that I've put forward. So yeah, so that was kind of a, a good process for me because I learned a bit more and uh, hopefully I'll be able to better instruct. <laughs> the oh, next. No, that's all, no, I mean, this is awesome. This is like, we're all learning, right? Even though we reached, you know, our, you know, inverted commas, professional level, right we're still learning and we're still figuring things out that's because we're all human exactly so i mean when you do your your concept art do you have a preference whether it's like because you can do concept art for characters or uh, worlds and environments is there a preference that you have for a type of concept art i'm sort of okay with both i equally enjoy um, environments and characters kind of the same or like world building the same i I think I'm better with environments, though, because characters are the, the, characters are rock star, basically, in concept <laughs> art, right? You want to be the character designer, the main character designer. And yeah, it's it's really difficult. And it's the one because obviously, like, you know, a rock just looks like a rock, right? Whereas <laughs> if you've got a face, you're going to get like 100 people that's going to be like, no, push it left, put it right. You know, what if they were wearing this? Blah, blah. I think people have more of a say with characters than backgrounds and worlds like no one's going to be fussed over a chair to be honest yeah yeah okay i get you yeah so but i mean this is the thing like there's a people see concept art as it's like oh it's wicked cool like rendered polished sci-fi fantasy whatever but sometimes you're just designing a chair like i had to i had to design underwear at like a games when i was working at a game studio and i was working on that for like a couple of months i was designing i was designing underwear can i just say like much I appreciate <laughs> that you were doing that <laughs> I find like again like main character oh cool I'm never like I mean I'm never that impressed by main characters there's a few that are like impressive you know most of the time we get the same character really just slightly different anyway it's a whole other subject um, <laughs> but I'm like massively into fashion and massively into video games but like I'm on into fashion on like like every detail of my outfit is thought about even the bits that people can't see mm-hmm. so like when I play a game and they've just not really put much effort into yeah. 
And they might seem like small things, but to me, they're <laughs> so every detail is like so important. And even like I've been trying to create like a 3D avatar and um, like someone was like, oh, you can just go onto these sites and find like the, mo- the, the model for it and just like add them to your character. And I'm like, but there's not that much. Like there's, there's so much more to be done. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's appreciated. <laughs> At least I appreciate it. <laughs> no, it's good. I think um, maybe you'd be good for character design then because honestly, I feel sometimes you can see, especially with older games, like the other day I was, I don't know, I was on YouTube and I watched like these old Prince of Persia videos and I saw some of the character designs. I was like, that was definitely designed by a guy that like, she, why is she wearing heels? Why is she not wearing a bra? <laughs> why is like her clothes look like she's about to fall off, but she's doing backflips. Like there's been no consideration. Yeah. It's just for the male gaze. Like, <laughs> How is that clothing <laughs> staying attached to her body? Yeah. You know, the infinite, like the infamous uh, towel that somehow yeah. <laughs> stays <laughs> on. <laughs> But I do think, yeah, I mean, this is the thing as well, like concept art, it's a very male dominant, like it's mainly male dominated. I think it started out being very male dominated, but now we're getting more, more ethnically diverse and more women into it. So I think it's great because then we have more wider range of visuals to, to like, ideas to play with. Yeah. And this is the thing, like young people will see this and be like, I want to do that. That's so cool. And what they see has an effect on the things that they're going to do or if they do get into concept art, right? Exactly. So you want to have like more of a library to to riff off of rather than something that's just the same thing again and again. Yeah, we want to get that uh, young budding underwear designer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that was... Um, into oh, the industry, those like, we're, we're looking for that person. <laughs> 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 Those were long, yeah, long days spent designing underwear. Oh. And it was embarrassing as well because like my, like not embarrassing, but my art, my art um, director, was he was like my, he was a manager and he was like male. Mm. So he was like, oh, we have to, re- we have to name these as well. So what do you call these? I'm like panties, um, <laughs> bra, bralette. What's that one? Oh, it's thong. And it was just like really serious. He was like really serious about it. Like not in a creepy way, but it's obviously like taking this very seriously because it's, you know, a serious thing. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thong, le- uh, underscore, red, thong, underscore, blue, all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, that's a weird like uh yeah just bringing that super professionalism to <laughs> that, <laughs> that that conversation yeah. <laughs> so you you so you spoke about like like feedback and, and getting getting feedback from people whether it's like characters or uh, mm. environments how do you how do you deal with feedback and criticism because i know with just with anything creative like it's all it's quite a or it can be quite a vulnerable thing like you make something yeah and then you to get that feedback like how do you do you have a process for that or what do you yeah what do you do to deal with that so I'm for me I am able to separate I don't know why maybe it's just the way I am I'm able to separate like my work from my my professional work from my like my personal work so Mm. all the I've always gone into the job and I, I always say this to like the interviewer or interviewee or whatever, or the art director, you know, just go to town on, I like, I can separate myself from the work. Like at the end of the day, like I'm providing us, you're providing a service with your skills. You have to be professional about it. You have to be on board to take criticism. And obviously like there is only so much criticism you can take, right? 
to you kind of, you know, the f- third or fourth iteration, you just kind of like lose touch of it. And I think you have to go into something with, I guess, you know, put your heart and soul into 100%. But then after the feedback, just give like 60%. That's what I do. <laughs> and I know it sounds terrible. I don't mean that. But I think, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a job. Like, they're not, you have to understand that, like, what you're doing is only a very small part of the process. It's a small part of like mm. the wheel, the big cog machine, right? So you can't, you can't afford to have like your ego. You just got to be open to criticism. And the thing is, say, for example, um, say if like my art manager said, listen, I think it's better if we do it this way. And in my head, I'm like, nah, 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 let's, I think it's better this way. So mm. what I would do, I would do it that way and then give them an option where I think this is like, this is a better idea. Yeah. So I would give them options. And more, I would say like maybe 80% of the time they've gone with like what I've suggested and, you know, and if not, you know, I tried, so that's fine. That's a good approach. Yeah. Cause you're, yeah. Cause you're sometimes like, especially when, you know, you're working with a client or let's say art director and you kind of don't want to say like, no, you're wrong or or give the impression that you're doing that, but you, cause everyone's there or, you know, I did everyone's there to make the best product so if you think you've got the best idea i like that approach of like here's an option that i think is best but by presenting them you're saying you know you then get to make that decision and usually like if it's you know the best idea wins out yeah exactly and sometimes i have they i have had feedback back where they said okay well we're going to go with the original what we suggested first and then as the process goes along you kind of see that oh i guess they were right so it's uh, okay. a good lesson for you to like kind you, of trust. So. Yeah, for my yeah, sorry for myself to mm. I guess trust, you know, you've got to trust your your team members, right? Like they've been hired yeah. well, you like to think, not all the time. You yeah. like to think <laughs> that they've been hired because they're the best in their field and they've had that experience. And you know, it's all as well, like as much as you're doing art and you're drawing and you're working on your tablet or your Cintiq in the office, you know, it is still a collaborative thing. Like everyone's you know it's everyone has you have to be a team member basically if you want to work in it because it's there's there's no really room for like one person man man team exactly yeah you gotta let go because that's the thing as well like if you go into a professional work environment and you're like just awful to work with and you're but you're good at your job no one wants to work with you like i know (laughs) like i i know because they can find someone that who is good at art and is good to exactly. work with like that that person exists so yeah, yeah i honestly honestly like i'm i know like i'm not the best like artist out there like 100 percent. i know i know that but i can i can do the enough i can do a professional enough job and I'm, I'm really easy to work with i just i just get along with people and you know i can put my head down on work but i can also like you know make chats and you know not take myself too seriously take the work seriously and that's what i think that's why i've been able to have this freelance career because i'm just an easy person to work with yeah no it's really important i um again sort of with like the young people that uh, i come across in work experience i was trying to make the point that you know when you you're doing a a job like doing the job is like almost the minimum yeah, <laughs> like, minimum, that's, what, yeah that's what minimum. we expect <laughs> that's what we expect I've, I've if i've got someone to draw this this piece of concept art and you do it yeah that's what you're here for <laughs> so then it's the it's the other stuff that that makes a difference as to whether yeah. you know you that long-term working the, relationship or career all the best places i've ever worked their hiring process is like 
that like their thought behind their hiring process is we can we can teach you how to be good at your job but we can't teach you how to be how to get along with everyone and how yeah. to work well with other people that's something you have to learn on yourself by yourself 100 yeah yeah so like their first thing is like do you do will you be a fit good fit for the team secondly are you already good at the job if like if there's no one that's a good if you're the only one that's a good fit for the team but there's someone that's like bet like can do the job we'll be like oh no actually we're just gonna hire you because we can train you like those are skills that are very like are trainable but yeah personability is something you learn from being around people that's not something that's so easily taught but yeah I, I really agree and also like this is the thing as well when you go to a Sorry, this sounds weird. When you go to a job, when you, you know, when going into your workplace, like you want to just say good morning to the person you work with, right? You just, you don't want them to just be like miserable or like have an ego or just be really yeah. like, we've all been there. Like there are bad hires. There, people have hired bad people and they're like known as the, oh, the office, like, oh, that, that's that person. Oh, you know, they're horrible. I avoid them. Don't want to hang around them at work. Why did they get hired? People still do get hired because maybe they just interview really well and, that's why there's things like um, a probation, right? So then that person can try decide. the job out for three months. But it's not just them to decide. It's for the company to see like, oh, are they like bad crazy? Yeah. So um, so now you are a freelancer. And I guess it's a different, it's a, like a different dynamic um, when you're working in a kind of, I was going to say more defined role, not that, you know, a more, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase now uh like sort of freelancer versus uh employed in a nine-to-five mm, so yeah so I guess that gives you a bit more flexibility in terms of the jobs you take or does it so how do you deal with like getting jobs job opportunities and how are you dealing with the being approached versus going after job opportunities how does that work as a freelancer well I've been really lucky so far where I, I would say the majority of the jobs that I get as a freelancer have been through net. I guess when I yeah networking or people that I've known or worked. I mean, I'm actually working with right now. I'm on a project right now with people that I used to work with in the past, and that's why I'm always like you know just be a good person to work with because people can people will remember you, and you never that's the thing you never know like like you think about your own path and your own future, but other people are on their own paths as well and you never know when you're going to cross them into someone else and that person might just be like oh I know I know an illustrator we could just use this and this person just you, sometimes you just get hired just because you you are the only person that they know yeah yeah and it's just it's just luck so you want to give yourself the best opportunity and put yourself in the right place like have a portfolio ready have all the professional stuff ready like emails and all that ready to go because you never know the opportunity might turn up yeah, that's a good uh, good point to keep in mind. So along the similar lines in terms of like the way you get jobs, have you ever had to turn down jobs? So in terms of, yeah, so this is the thing. When you first start out as a freelancer, I feel like there's a need to just take on any jobs. Like, oh, I'll take on any, I'll do whatever. I'll just do anything. Get, give it to me because I'm lucky enough just to get jobs itself. And that really was like the first year I was just like desperate. I was like, you know, every while I'm freelance, like letting people know my socials, just like putting work out there, like just trying to get work. And you do eventually get to a point where, yeah, you can turn down work. And 
the thing is, I've actually, and to know what work to turn down is to take on work and do it and see how you feel about it afterwards, right? Because I've definitely taken on work where I was like, okay, I'll do it. And then after I've realized, okay, well, that's not really the kind of work that I've really wanted to do. And I know it sounds silly, like saying, well, you're just going to have to take on work that, you know, you might not want to do and see how you feel. But that really is the case. Um, I think a lot with freelance is that you need to listen to yourself, like deep down. I know this sounds very spiritual and strange at the moment. No, I, yeah, I feel like I know where you're going. I, I, I pre-agree, but go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is good because you're not like, oh, Celine's crazy. Cut the podcast. <laughs> yeah, cut the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Um, yeah, just like really listening to what you want. I think it's really hard because we have so much, so many like external things yeah. um, telling us, oh, no, you should do this. Um, you know, you should be hustling. You should be an art director. You should need to do this by this amount of time. And to do those things, you need to like do this. But actually, like a lot of times you need to just be very I, I guess, quiet and just listen to yourself, which is basically what makes you happy. And you don't really know what makes you happy until like you kind of do it and see how you feel. Like, you know, just try something out. Try try a bit of meat, add some salt, add some pepper. I feel <laughs> like that's how I would generally approach my like, you know, I know I just keep going back to food. You know, how do you know what you want if you don't like try? And it's this is the thing. It's again, little pro tip just make some mistakes like who the flip cares no one's gonna tell i've made Boy. so many mistakes <laughs> holy crap like if this is why i'm just like a professional i've made so many mistakes like in my freelance career and just in my in my jobs as well like but as long as you kind of you know take those mistakes and kind of learn from them that's how you i feel like that's how you carve out your path and that's how you carve out like what you want to do to get to the to get to your goals really it is really hard though it's like it, it's, it's and I, I say yeah. this like in <laughs> even still in that process it is hard because because it's so intangible in, mm. in a way so it's hard to yeah I, I I get I agree with what you said I just I also know it, it's hard to do especially when you get those external it's hard to do it itself okay. and when you're getting those external pressures as well it's yeah, yeah it's like hats off to people who have <laughs> I've got that just like got yeah. that down well this is the thing I don't think everyone has got that which everyone's just pretending to be everyone's fair yeah you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you're right you know I haven't even talked about things like well if you're in a position of privilege where you know for example you know you don't have to work like if you live with your parents like you don't have to worry about money and it's like well you don't have to take on any job you have a fallback right well, if you've like, I mean, this is what I did. Obviously, you know, I'm a little bit older. So I've, I've saved up money in my 20s. So I could get to this position now where I don't have to take on every single, and obviously my husband works. So <laughs> I have him as a fallback, which I paid yeah. nine grand for at university. <laughs> there you, that, so that so was a good that, investment. That was like, my yeah. ROI return, was, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to, it's very, um, what's it what's that word it's circumstantial isn't it you've got to like look at your circumstances and kind of see if you're able to take on those jobs or not if you really like it but honestly in the beginning I am just like just take on whatever job because good or bad you'll learn from it obviously don't get burned obviously if someone's yeah. abusing you like not paying you at all and has just said that straight up you know don't do it but you know you can't it's really hard to teach like those things to avoid until you actually experience them yourself 
and you you'll get you get a feel for it afterwards you know the first couple of times what you want is this a good path is this even if you don't know I always just say go for it to be honest like what's the what honestly is the worst that could happen yeah and like you say you will learn from the experience I think if you go in with that mindset then you'll know because you can you can have a situation that's not ideal but if you go through it once and learn from it you know to move on whereas you don't want to go back (laughs) you don't want to go back and then do it over again so if you go with that mindset of you know this may be a not the best or not ideal but i can learn from it and i can move on exactly yeah that can can help yeah it's it's all experience at the end of the day and you'll you'll learn those red flags um you'll you'll start to see do you know what i mean and you can in those emails you can start to like weigh up okay even when typing those emails you're like oh okay oh actually this is a bad idea i'm not gonna get paid so (laughs) or this person you know sometimes um sometimes i'll get emails and it just sounds like i'll just get a feeling right and I'm like this doesn't feel it just feels a bit dodgy right and and I, that's why I talk about to everyone just like listen to your listen to your feelings listen to like what your gut is trying to say because nine times out of ten I feel like my gut has always been right I massively agree with you because some people say like oh you know that's silly it's just all... but I feel like it doesn't matter if it is silly because have you ever done the thing where you've not gone with your gut and then things have gone wrong and then you're uh, like, yes. why did I not listen to my yes. gut? At least if you yes. listen to your gut, you're ha- you can be confident yes. in the decision that you made and that it was, exactly. even if yes. it turns out like it might not be perfect, you know, but okay, but I'm happy that I made yeah. my decision. Yeah. You're not questioning the decision. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, you know, when you meet someone and you have these weird vibes of them mm. and then, you know, two months down the line, some will say, that person was a massive creep. He's just, yeah. yeah. And you're like, I can't all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, creeps are just like attracted to me for some reason. I always get around. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, do you know what I mean? Like that, the, that's when I talk about a gut feeling and it, it can't be, it's, you can tell someone to like, you can tell people how to like listen to it, but it's, it's a very learned thing because I can't really explain. I just can't explain it. Do you know what I mean? If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, it's a gut feeling and it's always it's a very individual thing, right? Yeah. Listen listen to your body. Always listen to your body. It might not be in your gut, it might be in your knee. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's in my toe. It's in it my moves left around. Toe. It moves around. That's the problem. That's why it's so uh, difficult to pin down. Like we do with these interviews, we'd like to get a pro tip. I feel we've got a bunch of tips from you today, but in the interviews, we do ask our guests for some advice for aspiring creative uh, professionals, professionals in air quotes. Uh, so we've talked a range of things. So Celine, what advice would you have for others listening who may also want to make a career out of their art? I would say, listen to your inner voice. And I don't mean that in a very spiritual way. I, like, I mean, literally listen to what you what makes you happy basically first of all because there's so much noise out there especially on social media it's easy to just follow the crowd and what and do what's popular but sometimes you realize by doing that that's that's not actually it doesn't feel true to yourself and only you can know what's like what's true because when you do your own thing you, like you don't want to be a the second best at someone else right if you just copy hmm, yeah just do, like literally just do do your own thing and just roll with it what, what listen just do do what makes you happy 
That's why I can say you are making happy, yeah. really. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yes, yeah, it is. And it and like you say, it is that yeah, is that learned thing. You have to you have to go through it. Mm. That's good advice. And I'm like, because I'm I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that is that's so so worthwhile to keep in mind. It doesn't get told often because it's yeah, because it's not so definitive, like I said before, but it is really something to keep in mind and to hone. That's the word I'm looking for. Something to to hone in on as you develop and as you move forward. But you have to kind of move forward to be able to hone it, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's all experience at the end of the day. And it's it is all about I I do feel it's whatever opportunities you get, I always say, you know, if you're not sure, just just go for it. Like what what are the options yeah what do you have to lose because if it's a good opportunity great you've made yourself happy if it's not you've learned something from it and then you know what to seek out for in the future basically and it's all different it's not like oh you're gonna have five opportunities and five experiences and then you'll be happy it's it's all very circumstantial and you might be doing something good and you might have other people telling you oh no you should be doing this instead or you need to carry on but if you're doing it and it's not making you happy then what's what's the point why are we doing why are we doing all this in the first place yes yes just gonna take a moment to digest that and um but um yeah so for anyone listening you can always give us your feedback uh what you think about yeah how you may have like tried to find what makes you happy in terms of like creative careers so uh, let us know what you think uh, feedback at mayamatter.com uh, before we wrap this interview uh, i want to let tazzy in to get some bonus questions yeah i feel like sort of been like come up with a, a couple of questions while we've been been talking so I noticed that you do like a quarantine food time. You've done a few like little illustrations. So I want to know like what is your go-to food during lockdown? Oh, I love food questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, let's. I love ramen. I do just eat ramen all day, <laughs> every day, and night. I do like a pimp tart ramen though. So I will. I will only use half the seasoning packet because it's like quite salty, and then I'll add in like some like chicken meats you know sometimes you have leftovers from the day before you know I'll chop up some mushrooms some vegetables and then I'll drop in an egg a tomato somewhere like that and then and then and then if it's a spicy ramen like a Korean spicy ramen I'll add cheese and it is banging Mm. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> good. I don't know why I asked you that now I was just like oh I want food <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they but so the those food fridays like quarantine things well i did them because well obviously you know we're in you know we're in locked we, we were in lockdown i started making like very quick food like you know just put some food together and i thought oh this would be cool to like share because you know as well i i try and promote like i want people to cook i want people to like make, it's so nice to make a nice meal for yourself and it's it's like it's not actually as hard as I think some people who don't really enjoy cooking think it is. Um, so I wanted to create these images so that people would like save onto their phone and be like, oh, I've got an idea. I'll just I'll just make that. And then it's really easy to customize. So if you don't want to put like, I don't know, mushrooms or whatever, or just make a vegetarian, you could just do that. So, um, yeah, I, that's what that's so uh, that, that that made me happy. So I did that. <laughs> 
Yeah, they seem um, really, really cool. I love it. Oh, thank you. I mean, I'm a big foodie as well. I just oh, nice. Oh, live to eat. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. What I do. <laughs> Is there any animals that you find particularly difficult to draw? Oh, horses. Oh, they're just so difficult. <laughs> I went through a phase of um, trying to like study and draw them, and you know the bones and everything. And I spent hours just doing so many studies and analyzing and I, I just find them so so difficult and I think maybe I need to go and see horses in like real life I don't I don't know <laughs> uh, just horses are just, try drawing a horse they're just they're really difficult <laughs> I mean literally every animal is difficult for me to draw so. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh yeah I've uh yeah so I'm lucky that uh we have an illustrator who can draw all our animal characters so uh, I don't need to consider that but have you got like a horse anthropomorphized animal person you know, as, so your... as you said that I was trying to think uh we don't I don't think we've got you know a horse why? character because it's difficult because <laughs> it's that's difficult. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe every time I've suggested it she just said actually no maybe what you want to go for is a penguin yeah, yeah. those are yeah, yeah. she'll do <laughs> the, she'll, like she'll do like another version and be like no 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 penguins better yeah, she'll, she'll give me options she'll give me like two like options penguin. and I'll be like yeah I know you know what yeah the penguin is is the one one to go with yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I got one, one last question, one last question. Uh, are there any games that you're playing at the moment? Oh, this is embarrassing. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so I'm playing, so I've got a Switch, right? And I'm playing Apex Legend on it. And I'm not, I'm not very good at it. But the only reason I sort of picked up was because my husband plays Apex Legends like a lot. Like obviously through lockdown, he's played it loads. And I'm like, oh, I should probably like play games with my husband. <laughs> So when it came out for, on the Switch, I started playing it just to get good so I could play with him. <laughs> but I'm so bad. I'm so bad that he has to create. So you know what a Smurf account is? Yeah. I don't. It's basically like when you're very good at playing games, right? Um, people, you know, you get put in lobbies with people who are the same level as you. But yeah. some people will create like another a new account so that they can play with like noobs like myself. Oh. <laughs> so then that way they'll just feel good and they just kind of like shoot oh, wow. 20 yes, people I on didn't... the map. <laughs> yeah, it's actually an ego thing, I feel. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he'll create a smurf cast so he can play with me so we don't get matched in like higher lobbies. And I'm, I'm, when I say I'm bad, like I'm, and I'm on the Switch as well. So it's like, uh, uh, it's like that golden eye thing where you're like up and down or isn't all there isn't evil where it's it's so bad but yeah that's what i'm playing oh i finished playing last of us 2 recently we did an episode on this i know i know oh. <laughs> did you did you listen to it um i've are you waiting I, it's, it's, it's on my um yeah i was i was waiting yeah i queued it up on my on my um uh not sponsored by um spotify but yeah it's queued up <laughs> Oh, it's uh, yeah. There's a lot, lot to say on that. Give us your feedback when you listen. Yeah, to I know. It. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to. Yeah. So, um, and then am I playing anything else? Um, I picked up. We picked up Borderlands Three recently again, but it's just, it's just frustrating me at the moment. So, like, yeah. And then, oh yeah, Hades, Hades. That one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I finished. I just about finished playing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm playing. 
Nice. Some good games. I've been thinking about playing Apex on my Switch. I play it on my Xbox at the moment, but I think my... Well, uh, on the Xbox. Like, don't play it all of a sudden. There's no place. Well, it's more like just because I just want to, like, lay in bed and play it. Uh, but I'll I think, enough, like, yeah. my friends that I play with would hate me. I'm already the weak link on the team. <laughs> do, they, do they carry you? Big time. It's fine. It's Big fine. Time. We should play together because I'm I'm so bad. I literally land and someone shoots me and I'm dead. So I just have to do the whole thing again. Let's play together and then we'll both play on our switches yeah. as well. And then yeah, 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 yeah. feel a lot better yeah. about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I feel like most of the people playing on the Switch are like, you know, eight-year-olds from like Fortnite. Because I'll play with someone called like Peppa Pig 69 and they will just like <laughs> finished me off <laughs> i'm not sure if i do want to play on switch yeah now. <laughs> that is not good for the ego boy um one last question then uh where can people find you yeah so my website is selenechu.com um c-h-o-o and my twitter which is probably the one i'm most active on is at pikachu so uh, like p-i-k-a-c-h-o-o and my Instagram, which I, I think I, I post more slight, like more personal stuff in stories um, and sort of like things I'm doing more work in progress, um, is Celine Choose, C-H-O-O-S. Cool. We will add those links to the uh, show notes when the episode goes out so people can uh, find your work and match your description of your visual style to your actual visual style. So we'll do Amazing. that <laughs> um, for uh, for them. So, um, yeah, no, thank you, Celine, for for joining us. It's been a really good discussion about like, yeah, just forging that career uh, as a as an artist. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been really nice speaking to you guys. Like it's just been a conversation with a bunch of cool people i really enjoyed it thank you that's what we'll, we'll put that on the in the review section <laughs> conversations with some with some people five stars no, <laughs> <laughs> thanks um for anyone else interested in conversations with cool people make sure you subscribe to story x story so you don't miss an episode and uh, also give us a rating so that helps us reach new listeners and fans of story discussion uh, i did mention we have a manga that's in progress serious through the fog is coming this spring that is yeah is in progress we're going to start the artwork probably this month early april uh, and get that done as soon as possible you can always check out our current stories at myamada.com forward slash manga and for the people who are into video games, we have our next video game event coming on April 10th. That is free. Get your tickets for a chance at some exclusive artwork. And you can always join our Discord or uh, become a member, Studio 77 member for exclusive access to gamepad events and content from the Maya Matter universe. Other than that, stay tuned for more podcast episodes, including creator interviews like these, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture. You can always give us a shout directly. Our email address is feedback at mayamatter.com and our website with links to subscribe is mayamatter.com forward slash story x story until next time stay tuned stay safe everyone mm-hmm.